So a little bit later on, we are going to be uh, saying and praying as we often do most of the time, uh, we pray the Lord's Prayer. Uh, But today when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're going to pause just after the last petition, the last section of the Lord's Prayer as we say, deliver us from evil. When you think about evil, or if I had to ask you to, to sketch it out in your mind or on a pad of paper, what would you draw? You know, evil comes in all different shapes and sizes, doesn't it? Maybe the fourth grader draws the bully on the bus. Uh, maybe you, you draw a picture of a mugshot of someone that you maybe see on the local news uh, who just got arrested, maybe a, a sex offender or something like that, 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 that gives you the creeps. Or maybe you, you, uh, you draw uh, something that is like a, a serial killer. Uh, that you see on one of those crime shows, Criminal Minds, or, or you see a special on 2020 or Dateline. Or maybe you, you draw a, a, um, a world power dictator, past or present, uh, someone who just you know, is evil personified in your mind, maybe someone who slaughters his own citizens, and you think, how could they do that? How? Maybe you, you draw an addiction that just has its claws dug into you or one of your family members, and you think that's evil. Not too long ago, I was talking to an elderly person about, you know, we were talking about the Lord's Prayer, and I said, what do you picture as evil? And he said, those stupid phones that everybody carries around. Uh, You know, maybe technology is evil uh, to you. What would you draw? Would any of you draw the one who has evil in his name? Just put a D in front of it. Over the course of this weekend, as I, you know, whether it was Thursday night or this morning, I would venture to say that if I looked at your mental sketches, uh, some of you would probably draw that. You would draw the devil, or you would draw his, his, his companions, the demons. And, and, but what does that look like in your mind? You know, a, a devil is not just someone who, who carries a pitchfork in his hand and, and has a pointy tail. I think that's how we often just, we, we, we kind of minimize the threat that he is by, by limiting to him something that, this is no lie, this is coincidence or, or God's providence, uh, but when I was, I wrote this sermon on Wednesday, and this car parked right out in front of me, out on, on the parking lot here, and, but, but you know, the devil is not just a red-faced guy with horns uh, that we can put on a, on a car door. I, he's much more threatening than that. And I would say that, yeah, I always knew that the devil was real, you know, warned about the threats against him. And, but I would also admit that probably for most of my life, I didn't always think about the threat of, of the dark world, so to speak. I didn't think about so much about the battles that are going on in the spiritual realms around us. And yet some of that changed for me maybe about a decade ago, a part of its personal experience where I had a family uh, that I was serving at that time. It took them a long time to come forward, but they said, you know what, we, we, we just have some, some odd things happening at our house we'd like to talk about. Uh, some paranormal, inexplicable, it's not like their heads were going around on 360, uh, 360 degrees or blood was shooting out of their eyes or anything like that. But they would, they'd have a light go on in a room and they'd go and turn off the light and unplug it and they'd go back out and the light's back on. 
or they'd see the rocking chair rocking all by itself, or, or they would take these pictures, and you couldn't see it with your naked eye, but when you would develop the pictures, all of a sudden you'd see these white orbs kind of all around, and if you looked really closely, it looked like some, some faces in those white orbs. And it's that type of thing that just makes the, the hair on my back of my neck stand up and, and sends tingles down your spine, and it's not just something that happened there. Uh, you know, not too long ago, someone showed me a, their, their ring camera went off in the middle of the night, and I thank them. They, they shared the video with me, and you'll, you'll see coming up. You see that little thing? And now, that could have just been a dust particle, all right? But it, it sounded the ring camera off, and so I, in no way am I saying that that's necessarily a demon, but, but the possibility of it, like I said, that that, that kind of is the, that type of stuff that just makes the, the hair on my uh, neck stand up and, and sends the tingle down my spine and sends the, the goosebumps down my arms. And I say that, that, that the devil and the demons are real. I say that to, not to scare us, but to aware us. That, that God wants us uh, to know about these things. He wants us to know about our opponents. You know, I, I, I think of, you know, what did, what did Paul say in that letter to Ephesians? He said, our struggle, right? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the, the, the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I, I think so often in our scientific data-driven world uh, that we live in, we, we sometimes pigeonhole demons or, or possession or something into this that, oh, that's, that's just something that happens in third world countries or that's something that happens way back when in Bible times or a long time ago. You know, when, you know as if they were dumber back then, oh, they couldn't explain a certain disease or they couldn't explain uh, some natural disaster, so they just said, oh, that's a demon. That is dangerous thinking uh, because the devil and demons are real. And again, I don't say that to scare us. I say that to aware us. And you look at this gospel lesson that, that we looked at today from Mark chapter 1. Uh, we're we're looking at what happens here. So Jesus goes to church. He begins teaching. And then this, this guy stands up in the crowd and says, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. And the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. I mean, if that happened here today, I would love to be eavesdrop on your car ride conversation home. Right? <laughs> Did you see what happened? Did you hear what happened? But before we talk about what happened here, you know, let, let's, let's learn something from the setting. Where did this happen? It happened in church. To whom did it happen? Seemingly one of their regular worshipers. He's just described as a, a, a man in their synagogue. You know, reminding us that, that again, the, the devil and demons are real and, and they have their sights on us. What is the demon, what is the devil's number one goal is to separate us, to fracture our relationship with Jesus. And, and so we, we should learn something from this, that, that God sounds the warning. 
about who our opponents, who our real opponents are. You know, I think of it like, you know, something like NFL playoffs are this afternoon. Some of you maybe know that, and some of you maybe care about that. But what happens when a, when a coach, when a coach schemes for the next coming game? He doesn't just look at his own team and their strengths and their talents and their skills. He also looks at the opponent's. And says, hey, look at, they've got this strength, they've got this, this talent that you want to watch out for or we want to exploit. And so too, God wants us to learn something about our opponents as he includes this throughout Scripture. And what do we learn? What do we learn from something like this from Mark chapter 1? Are demons real? Yes. Are demons strong? Yes. But are demons stronger than Jesus? No. And that, that is the comfort that, that God really wants us to know from Mark's pen today. And you just think about how comforting that is. As scary and as, and as big and powerful and, and, and goosebump-producing as like a demon could be, they, can, they are no match for Jesus. Whether it's one demon or multiple demons, you know, this, this demon identifies in the plural. Have you come to destroy us? Or whether it's 2,000 demons, like elsewhere in scriptures, that it, we see Jesus uh, casting out 2,000 demons at one time. In fact, I have a book by that title on my, on my shelf. And I, 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 like, I really like the the, uh, the tagline, 2,000 demons, no match for my Savior. And then Jesus' infinite power over evil. And that quote is just from the preface, that in Jesus we have access to power that rescues people from demons. In Jesus we have the power to keep people safe from demons. I mean, when you just think about how comforting that message is, that, he, that here you have Jesus, right? Jesus, last week, if you were with us in person or you watched online, uh, that they, they, we heard Jesus give that wonderful invitation, follow me. And we say, you know what? Sometimes that's not always so easy to do. Sometimes it's challenging to just drop our nets and follow Jesus, or being a follower of Jesus isn't easy in and of itself. But it is so much easier when we realize just how strong and powerful Jesus is. That this guy who invites us to follow him is no slouch, no weakling. He is more powerful than any other demon in life. And now you, you apply, or any other demon, and, and you apply that to, to what that means for our daily lives. That if Jesus can take down any demon, even the devil himself, that means that he can also take down anything that plagues you and me. If Jesus can, can, can silence, can tell this, this demon here to be quiet, and he has to be quiet, that means that Jesus can silence anything that just screams out chaos in our life. If Jesus can cast out this demon, that means he can cast out anything that haunts you and me in our life. I mean, Jesus is stronger than anything in this whole world, Jesus is in charge, more powerful. And that really is the rifle point that, that Mark, again, is trying to show us with this section of God's Word, actually throughout the whole book of Mark, that Jesus, there is no one more powerful than he is. And so I want, I want you to go home with that, that rifle shot today. That no matter what is plaguing you, no matter what is causing you worry or concern, Jesus is more powerful than any of those things. 
And while that's the rifle shot I want you to go home with today, just allow me to pull the trigger one more time. Because there's another shot, there's another point that Mark makes in this section of God's Word. Now, I said before, I'd, I'd, I'd love to eavesdrop on your conversation if this happened here at church, right? I mean, I, I think that would be something, I, I pray it doesn't happen, um, but I think that would be something we would probably talk about for a long time, right? Years later, we'd say, remember when? But what amazed these people? Yeah, they were amazed. They, they, their attention was drawn to this exorcism that happened right there. They said, wow, even the impure spirits listen to this guy. But what amazed them? That word amazed comes up twice in this section of God's word. It says, the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. And later on, it goes on to say, and the people were also amazed that they asked each other, what is this, a new teaching? And with authority. Can you imagine that? I mean, they just witnessed this guy convulsing right there on the chapel floor. They hear the shriek as the impure spirit goes out of him. And their jaws drop. And what do they say? Wow, what a teaching. They're not amazed by the the exorcism, they're amazed by his teaching. Is this something new? Well, it wasn't really anything new, what Jesus taught. For thousands of years, God had been teaching what Jesus taught there in the synagogue. For thousands of years, God had been teaching how he was a God of grace, a God of love, a God of, of unconditional forgiveness. I mean, you go all the way back to the beginning when God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He said, I love you guys. You are the crown of my creation here. This is all for you. Or when they sinned, when they sinned, what did he do? He came to him. He said, he said, you know what? I am going to send my son who is going to be your savior, and he's going to be one of your offspring. He, he is going to crush the devil's head, which we see a foretaste happening in this Capernaum chapel that day. Or you move on, and you, you talk about Abraham. Abraham says, I'm scared. And God says, don't be afraid, Abraham. I'm your shield. I'm your very great reward, and I'm going to make you into a great nation, and one of those, those offspring of yours is going to be the savior of the world. I mean, again and again and again for thousands of years, God had this amazing teaching of his unconditional love, of his inexhaustible forgiveness, of his grace that would see no end. But what happened? Over time, that beautiful teaching was hidden. Because you see, what, what God did, he said, okay, I have this beautiful teaching, which is kind of like a, a diamond, a sparkling diamond, and the, and the most sparkly part of that diamond was that a Savior was going to come. But God said, I also want to protect that message. And I want to protect you, people of Israel. You're, you're my people that, through whom the Savior is going to come. And so I'm going to set up some laws to, to make sure that you're protected. So we're going to have some society laws, and we're going to have some family laws put up in place. And I, and, I never, and I also want the rest of the world to know that you're different because you have the promise of the Savior coming through you, attached to you. And so we're going to set up some dietary laws and we're going to set up some worship laws. And, and those kind of acted as all those laws 
kind of acted as this vault, protecting the message of the protecting the diamond message that Jesus is the Savior. What happened over years is that the people became more concerned about the vault than about the diamond that was inside of it. They became more concerned about the law that protected the gospel. I mean, even, even you look here, what's happening in this chapel, you know, that they're amazed that Jesus taught because he wasn't teaching like the people who were the, the masters, the teachers of the law. They lost that good news. It was there. But they just kind of forgot about it. But on that day, in that chapel in the city of Capernaum, Jesus opened up the vault. He peeled back the layers And once again, they saw that multifaceted, that beautiful diamond of the gospel. They saw once again that God of grace who loved them undeservedly. So they saw that God who forgave them out of the goodness of his heart. They saw that God. They saw that God who would change their hearts to, to follow the laws because they wanted to and not because they would have to. He showed them once again who a God who was going to rescue them from sin, from death, and from the devil himself, they, he showed them the most beautiful facet of that diamond and that he showed them himself, that he, he was the anointed one, the one set apart from all eternity to fulfill all those promises of the Old Testament. He was the one who was sent to preach the good news and to proclaim freedom from the captives. And as they saw him standing before him, they said, wow, what an amazing teaching. And brothers and sisters, I would pray that you are just as amazed by that today. The same thing that caused them to drop their jaws and be amazed at his teaching is the same teaching that has opened up from the vault for you today. Nothing has changed. You know, a month ago was December 24th. Many of you were in here celebrating Christmas, and on Christmas what happens, our, our eyes get that little sparkle in them as we are amazed at God's grace, God with us. God is with us on January 24th just as much as he is on December 24th. You know, our hearts were calmed as we heard once again the angels sing, peace, peace to all people on earth. Today, because of Jesus, you still are at peace with God. Your sins have been forgiven. Heaven is open to you. A month ago, we, we marveled at the miracles with Mary. And today, through Jesus, we still have a Savior who does miracles in our very midst. You know, yeah, a couple weeks, four weeks ago, we were on our mark, getting, getting set and ready to go into a new year to be amazed. Here we are four weeks later. Are we still amazed? We can be. Because this same teaching that Jesus gave to them is still in existence today. And because he is stronger and more powerful than any other threat out there and has more authority, that, that means nothing can ever take that message away from you. Because Jesus has proclaimed the good news to you. That means, that means you always have been, are, and always will be delivered from evil. That's the comfort that you have today. That's what amazes us today.
Amen.